Hello, fellow do-gooders and friends. I'm Karina Belizzi, host of Care More, Be Better. Today, I'm sharing an interview I recorded with Carolyn Keel on her podcast, Beyond Six Seconds. On the show, we talk about how I got this podcast started, my motivations, my learnings, and the unexpected mental health benefits that I received in the midst of the COVID pandemic once I began connecting with thought leaders around the globe and recording episodes. What follows is the complete episode, which we recorded mid-March and aired at the close of June, just as I completed graduate school. It's a snapshot in time, and it feels appropriate to share this week as I venture on my first air travel in two years to visit family in Colorado. I hope you enjoy the show, and I encourage you to follow Carolyn Keel's Beyond Six Seconds. Today on Beyond Six Seconds. I think about the show, I look at it as an invitation. I really want to be building a community that just invites people to care a little more so we can all be a little better. Welcome to Beyond Six Seconds, the podcast that goes beyond the six-second first impression to share the extraordinary stories and achievements of everyday people. I'm your host, Carolyn Keel. Today, I am very happy to be here with my guest, Karina Blizzy. Karina is a natural products industry executive and social benefit entrepreneur who's earned a reputation for growing brands quickly. In her professional life as the head of marketing and sales for her clients, she champions social benefit programs to enhance brand development and company impact. In January 2021, she launched her show, Care More, Be Better, a social impact and sustainability podcast to amplify the efforts of inspired individuals and conscious companies. Through Care More, Be Better, she shares their stories in an effort to show us all that one person with one idea can have a big impact. No subject is off limits as she covers topics from refugee relief to payday lending and everything in between. Karina, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so excited to have you here. I'm a big fan of your podcast as well and uh, so glad that we met up as podcasters and so excited to learn more about your show. Thank you. Well, the feeling's mutual. I love listening to the insights you have about all these really incredible individuals. Thank you. So tell me, how did you get the inspiration to start Care More, Be Better? You know, I've spent the last two years in graduate school earning my MBA. (laughs) And it's a little bit silly because I've gone back to school after 20-something years of being a professional. And, you know, I've really been questioning a lot what it was I wanted to do next. Is there something I want to do differently? And the one thing I kept coming back to is that I wanted to really put more good out into the world. And I get to do a lot of that through my work, which is great, but I always felt like I wasn't able to do enough. And my interests have varied from something like, I want to save the sea turtle and I want to further this social justice initiative, or I want to go ahead and ensure global warming becomes less of a problem All of these things kind of multiply and then make me feel like, heck, what can I do to do all of these things at once? And it just kind of came back to this one centered idea. If I started a podcast and if I started to interview people that were working in these different areas, I could get their message out there to more people, inspire others to get involved, and also inspire people to understand that they're not always staring up Mount Everest. They can take some small change in their daily lives and have an impact as well. So, I I mean, that's really been it. It's like an amplification effort to amplify what great people are already doing 
to impact the world in a positive way from a social perspective and also from a sustainability perspective. Right. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's so important to share those stories. There's there's a lot of them out there, but we don't always get to hear about them. So really cool to have well, a platform. Yeah, and I think some unsung heroes are really out there that they need a little help to get that story out there as well, right? You know, I've been had the good fortune of being connected to some really great not-for-profits over the course of my professional career. And so I get to kind of dig into each of those as well and say, let me tell your story in a different way to a different audience. Let's reach other people. Let's see what we can do as a collective to push forward more good. So that's really the root of it. And to be frank, you know, I get up in the morning with a spring in my step to do this in addition to my daily workload, in addition to my daily scholastic load, in addition to being a mom and a wife and <laughs> all of those other roles, all those other hats that we get to wear. Wow. So cool. So love to learn a little bit more about your podcast. How do you pick the guests that you want to feature? Yeah, you know, I tend to follow kind of my own little rabbit hole perspective. I might be doing a little bit of research as a, for instance, into what's happening in financial technology. And there's one episode in particular where I happened to cover that because I spent about six months off and on researching what payday loans and payday lending was really like. My motivation there was trying to understand how people who are struggling to get by during this pandemic are dealing with their need to make rent. I mean, it's a very simple question, right? When we know that in 2018, 40% of people couldn't afford an emergent expense of $400. So suddenly, if they're without a job and also not getting COVID relief for months or for weeks on end, then how are they going to pay their bills to keep a roof over their head? How are they going to continue putting one foot in front of the other and supporting their family? So in looking at that more deeply, I discovered this company, Earnin, that is basically in the financial tech space that helps to give people advances on their paychecks, right? And it's, you know, a simple thing, but without like these big onerous fees that you might see at that traditional brick and mortar lender. Just digging into that wormhole, I ended up discovering several different companies in the space, some of which are not for profit and some of which are for profit. I got to interview Josh Sanchez about his company, Float Me. I believe that was episode seven, if I recall correctly. And he shared why he developed his company. You know, he had a challenge making his bills when they came due because he got into a car accident, he was injured. I mean, these simple things that affect so many people that we sometimes get a little far from because we're comfortable in our home with our four walls. So I dug into that as one example. And another, you know, I've been looking at the refugee crisis on a global scale. I got to interview Kara Martinez in my first episode. She's someone I've known for years, and she also has leveraged art as a way to reach people who are living in refugee camps in Greece to help them express themselves and then also sell that art to benefit them so that they can re-enter society more healthfully, that they can become a productive member of society as opposed to sleeping on a park bench. So when we're talking about these two very real problems and the crisis that they're in, you know, 
I just think we need to talk about these things. We need to think about these things. We need to understand that the person living on the street isn't necessarily there by choice. And I think often our perspective is that, well, oh, it must be drugs or it must be alcohol. And that's the excuse I hear more often than not from people who don't want to talk about it. So I think by telling these stories and by understanding the complex nature of just making a living in the modern age, that we can get a little bit deeper, have a more meaningful conversation and hopefully create change that will be positive. Yeah. It's, again, so important to share those stories because there's so many issues and it can be complex to really understand them. So I think bringing those stories forward really helps clarify like what's really going on and what kind of struggles people have and and the impacts that come through it. I was thinking about this the other day, though. I think part of the reason I even started the podcast is I didn't want to bore the heck out of my family every time something else came. I need to talk to you about what they're doing in animal testing, you know? Like it feels sometimes like in my personal life, I can be on a bit of a soapbox. And so if I'm going to use the podcast in a way, take care of that, to scratch that itch and to get that message out to other people who are receptive, who want to hear about it, who want to talk about the social challenges that we're facing or the sustainability concerns that we might all face. I mean, I want to be a minimalist. And I say that I want to be a minimalist because I'm also a little bit of a hoarder. I have a hard time letting go of things that have meaning to me. You know, it could be a book that got signed by an author that I like or or whatever. And as we've gone through this last year in particular, I mean, I go to get a cup of coffee and I stare at the cup that it has to be given to me in now and I find it upsetting. It's almost like an emotional assault for me personally because I don't like the waste that I'm generating. So then, you know, I have this pulpit where I can talk about sustainability and how are we all coping with this? And, you know, this is part of the COVID challenge. So what are you doing instead of, you know, let's say using all those plastic bags at the grocery store? Are you bringing your own? Well, guess what? You can't anymore. So what else might you do? And, and you know, just asking these questions and talking about it is something I'm personally finding rewarding. And there's definitely a whole audience of people who are interested in having these discussions and hearing about um, what they can do to make things better in the world. And I understand you have calls to action in your episodes. How did you get the idea to add that piece? And how do you come up with those calls to action? Oh, you know, this actually came as a suggestion from another podcaster I listened to, which is the B-Sides. The B-Sides is, you know, it's a review of pop music. It's completely unrelated to anything in the social impact or sustainability space, right? But one of the gems that that particular podcaster shared with me was that, you know, she got... Uh, a lot of feedback from their audience that they needed to have a call to action at the end. Like the audience wanted something to do. And when I thought about specifically, you know, in the social impact or sustainability space, I should be providing the audience with tools, things that they can do, action items that they can take on themselves to feel like they're putting more good out into the world. So what I tend to do in that space is I'll feature some of the guests' products if they had a particular product, or even just um, if there was a petition that should be signed, something along those lines, I would put that there as well. I thought back to when I was nine years old and the first time I went door to door to get signatures (laughs) is kind of the inspiration for that you know, like trying to combat animal testing or something at that young age when, 
I think my aspiration in life was to be a veterinarian. (laughs) (laughs) That's powerful because especially if you got the type of audience who's interested in these types of issues and, and hearing more about them and, you know, it makes sense to have a call to action that makes people feel like it's a concrete thing that they can do to make a difference and at least take the first step towards working with a cause that they care about. Yeah. And sometimes it's, you know, raising funds for somebody. So like if you're looking at a particular charity that might need some support right now, and I've just featured them, the call to action could be, hey, if you can afford it, you know, buy them a cup of coffee, give them five bucks, (laughs) participate in the recurring donation. The reality is that charities have really struggled this last year in particular. I mean, some have fared okay, but many charities have relied on more of these kind of fundraising events where they would bring people together and do fundraisers. And moving that all into the virtual space has worked for some and not for others as much. So it's been very variable. And what I hear pretty consistently is that they're just not necessarily getting the airtime with their audience who are screen fatigued and don't really want to participate in yet another event online. So understanding that and trying to take it one step forward, then it's, you know, how do you help them raise funds? How do you help them reach an audience? And how do you help them engage with that audience in a new way? You know, maybe it's as simple as them even donating their time if they don't have funds to donate. You know, they could offer to be administrative support for one of those charities. I actually talked about this in an episode that will air this week with Lasagna Love. I mean, they are a charity that brings, you know, lasagnas to people who might need them. And all that it takes in that instance is someone raises their hand and says, I need help. And it doesn't have to be financial need. It doesn't have to be any particular need. But someone in the community then says, I can make a lasagna and they match those individuals together. But, you know, they're a volunteer organization. So all of the work that gets done for them is essentially done by volunteers. And so much of that is administrative. A lot of it is automated now because they have some incredible backend technology that you know, scholars from MIT helped to create for them. Really, really great stuff. But ultimately, they have needs too. So if a particular individual is like, well, I don't have funds to give, but I want to give back in some way, they could bake a lasagna for somebody or they could support one of these charities with some of their time as well. Yeah, so many different ways to give back. You've been working and uh, publishing episodes on the podcast since we said since January. So we're yeah. recording this towards the end of March. So it's only it's been a couple months and I, I know you've got several episodes already released. I'm curious about the process of what it was like to start. What do you say was like the biggest challenge or unexpected thing that you faced when you were either like getting mm-hmm. ready to launch or as you were launching and kind of how did you address it or, or learn from it? I think the biggest challenge is one I'm still facing, and that's that I can be a little hypercritical of myself, particularly when I'm looking at how I'm going to form the story arc of every interview. I I try to spend time with the person I'm going to interview a little bit before so we get comfortable, craft some questions that I hope will lead to the conversation in a great way. And that takes quite a bit of time. And I think half the time I'm just beating myself up going, you know, I'm not doing this right, or I could be doing this better or if I had more time. And the reality is in the end, I've been pleased with almost every episode. Generally speaking, I might've said, um, too many times or use some other colloquialism that on hindsight, I was like, well, I wish I hadn't said that, or I wish I'd said that differently. 
Or if I just done this, then I might feel more comfortable putting it up on YouTube. And ultimately, I just made the decision to say, as long as it's not garbled and terrible, I'm putting it out there because the purpose of the show, I keep coming back to that, is to put more good into the world. And so if the podcast is achieving that in some way, then I'm just trying to remind myself to be less of my own enemy, less self-critical, give myself a round of applause for even doing it. (laughs) And I think that's important. It's, you know, it's not a small effort. It takes a bit of time, a lot of networking. I actually love that about it because it's forced me to, you know, rip the bandaid off and just talk to people I want to talk to. What's the worst thing they could say that they don't want to come on the show? Okay. So that's all been really, really kind of uplifting. There's been an unexpected benefit. And I just edited a podcast that I'm hoping to release in a few weeks if I can fix some of the audio troubles where we talk about this. And that is the mental health benefit. I did not expect that communicating in this way with other people would bring me a sense of connection that I had lost in COVID. I didn't realize how much I had lost. I didn't realize the effect that that had had on me from kind of a a personal positivity perspective even. And so just on the heels of recording episodes into the teens, I was like, wow, you know, I'm not only more inspired, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling more connected to people. I'm getting a sense that I'm building a community that's meaningful. And so I feel like it's like I've reclaimed my purpose in the midst of this period where, you know, some days everything can just feel a little worse than the day before because you haven't been able to hug your loved one, because I haven't been able to travel to Colorado to see my mom for two years now. And, you know, all of those things weigh on one after a while and they just start to kind of make you feel a little less, like you're living a little less. So I feel like this move, this shift that started in January has brought me to living more again. And I just have this hope with the show that I'm able to convey some of that and get people involved in thinking about how to connect differently in this age when, you know, we've been forced into a situation that has been really rough from just a connection perspective. We are a social species. I mean, this is my background, my undergrad speaking. I studied anthropology, right? Like human connection, how people, you know, are able to build societies and from tribalism to, you know, kind of this country-oriented world where, you know, you see people in England, Ireland, US, all speaking a common language, but divided by great space. And now people are kind of going online or they're going through podcasts to connect with one another again. And to I just think that there's something beautiful about that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I totally relate to the mental health benefits that having the podcast and particularly an interview style podcast has had during (laughs) this time because I've had people on my show that like people I wanted to connect with and wanted to talk with, but never really had like another excuse or another way to organically bump into them somewhere or connect. But having the podcast is a great way to just learn more about people. And 
a lot of the people I've interviewed and met through podcasting have been really consistent friends throughout this difficult time. So um, it definitely helps build some strong bonds. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's it's doing that for you as well. Yeah, and unexpected friendships are forming because of it. You know, it's like I'm speaking to people that are from Africa and England and Australia and just it's made me feel more like I'm being a good citizen of the world than I think I've felt in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. It really is a great way to connect and share things that we uh, hold dear and have in common. So in the couple months that you've been running the podcast, what kind of feedback have you gotten about it or any kind of stories around that you want to share? Yeah, you know, the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. And I almost sometimes wish people would tell me what they didn't like. (laughs) Because, you know, I feel like if you want to improve, you're not going to do that in a vacuum. You need feedback in order to really grow. So one of the things I did with another person that I interviewed who also has a podcast, I gave her a list of two and I just said, could you please be critical and give me some feedback? (laughs) So I was able to take that and run with it. I think that I'm producing better shows now given that feedback. But the positives are really kind of amazing. You know, I can recognize when I'm looking at the Apple podcast reviews, some of the handles I'm like, oh, that's this friend. Oh, that's this friend. So, you know, that's nice. But then I see some that I I can't figure out who they are and they don't sound like they know me. And they're saying things like, I love the range of topics that are covered. This show really gets me thinking. And, you know, that's what I want to be doing. I want to be offering people a new perspective or a new idea, maybe something they haven't thought about from a social impact or sustainability perspective, or maybe it's something they have, but it's a new light or a new way. My hope is that it will inspire them into action. And that action could be, you know, something in their own lives, or it could be, hey, they could create the next big idea in social entrepreneurship that affects us positively. They could create something, some business that gives back to their community and brings value to people around them. If we are able to take anything away from a simple effort like this podcast that I create on a weekly basis and turn it into something good, then I feel like I've done something meaningful. And I'm getting that sort of feedback already, which makes me feel inspired to keep going even as I obsessively look at how many downloads I've had for that particular (laughs) show. And I have to remind myself too, sometimes, you know, hey, some shows may be listened to less than others. Is it really fun to listen to stories of financial technology? Maybe not for some. Is it overly female to be talking about a particular issue like reproductive health? Maybe, you know, maybe there's not going to be as many guys who want to tune into that one. So I have to give myself a little leeway to to grow the show and talk about these different topics. Yeah, it's tough to get stuck on watching the the downloads and the statistics. And I think we we all kind of get into that and be like, oh, what's going on? Don't look. Yeah. I just, I stopped looking consistently. I'm like, every when I, when I go in to load up a new episode, then I'll kind of look at the numbers and say like, okay, I can kind of see where the trends were that, what days they were listening and when they were going. But um, yeah, but it's, yeah. It's, it's important to focus on the content and to, to share content that you're passionate about. Because I mean, I think that's the most important thing because that will help you find even more of the audience who really cares about these topics and takes them to heart. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, honestly... I'm getting to play in all these different areas that I have passion. So it's been really fun. 
I mean, I think I would say that to anybody who was thinking about starting a podcast, like if they're interested in the medium, if they like the idea, maybe they should give it a try. It's not that much of an investment. If you're doing most of the editing on your own, you might get a microphone. I mean, heck, you can use Zoom to do these recordings. So it's not a huge investment. It's mostly time. I think that's the reality for me, at least. It's definitely something to try out. And there's like so many different types of technology and apps and recording things that people can now do to, to try it out It can be a little overwhelming. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it, that's Maybe that's the other issue. I mean, when I, I think when I started mine about three years ago or so, there was a lot, but there was uh, much less than there is now. So in some ways, I guess that made it a little easier. But, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, as you look forward, do you kind of have more long-term goals for your podcast, like in terms of certain topics you want to focus on or just other types of impact that you want to have? Yeah. You know, I think about the show, I look at it as an invitation. I really want to be building a community that just invites people to care a little more so we can all be a little better. And so my goal for the podcast is to really work to create that community. And I haven't truly defined what that is going to look like over the long haul. Like, I think you saw me awkwardly in a room on Clubhouse trying to figure out that platform and how it connects with people. You know, I'm trying new things. I'm trying to discover how to further these conversations, connect with more people, and try to build that sense of community. I want to take suggestions from the audience of topics they'd like to see covered more or things that they care about. I'm looking at education a lot. I feel like... um, especially as college tuitions have continued to increase. Education is almost getting more out of reach, or at least a standard four-year education is getting more out of reach for a lot of Americans and people around the globe who don't have the same access to world-class education. So those are topics I will likely dig more into. I think about long-term perhaps even creating an endowment or becoming a not-for-profit. And that's something I would consider if this gets to a stage where it looks like it warrants that. For now, I'm just trying to push other people's successes a little further and help amplify their efforts so that we can have more impact now as opposed to waiting for that day. So that's, I think, overall how I see it. I want to build that community and I want to get people involved. Yeah, I think the community is something that I think it's interesting. And and sometimes that does take a while to actually build out whether you're kind of choosing a platform on how to connect people. And Mm -hmm. now there's, of course, there's all these different types of tools. So I think it's great that you're trying out different ones and kind of seeing like where people show up and which ones kind of make the most organic sense to bring people Mm -hmm. together. But yeah, I think that'd be great if you can kind of bring together (laughs) a community of people who want to help and support all of these great causes and learn more about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have even thought about, you know, do I at one stage have a co-host or, you know, somebody else who also is on the platform on a different show or, or something like that. I mean, that's, I'd be open. I'm just kind of trying to, especially as I finish graduate school, which is taking a good deal of my focus, I've got 11 weeks left and then I will be done. Wow. Awesome. (laughs) So in this time, I'm just, if anything, kind of treading water, just keep going with the same deal that I've got. I've got several episodes canned, get them released, take care of that. And then after that is over, come June, I can consider taking another look at it and saying, you know, what would I change? What would I do differently? Do I want to use a different technology or platform or, I don't know, create events? 
I mean, if we're all able to get in person again, you know, once uh, we have this pandemic a little more under control, perhaps I will create an event where I bring people together that care about social causes and have speakers on a stage. I mean, that could be the next phase. I'm just trying to keep my brain wide open and see where it takes me from here. Yeah. I think that's good to just try out different things and, you know, because you're still pretty early in the process. So there's still like all these different opportunities and different directions you could take. So yeah, that's exciting. So many different ways to make an impact. I was going to ask you, I mean, I know you've been in this podcast um, sphere for a while, a few years now. I mean, what has made your favorite podcasts, your favorite podcasts? Mm. For me, a lot of times it's the connection and the chemistry that I have with the guest. And a lot of times that's related to their story that they have that Mm -hmm. I just am really like, especially personally inspired by it, or I just think it's so unique and just, you know, not something that I've heard a lot in a lot of other venues. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that anyone who can tell a really good and clear and and candid story about themselves, that's the type of content that I really enjoy. And if that means that their stories aren't as like super polished, like they're not like out on the podcast touring circle, like giving the same (laughs) rehearsed speech and such. I kind of like it when it's a little bit rough and they're kind of thinking through it and they're sharing a lot of, you know, raw and candid and really powerful details about their stories. I just think it makes people more relatable. So those are my favorite types of guests. Yeah, I think I would agree with you. You know, when people are just kind of speaking from the heart and that's what counts, it's the things it's, there's this uh, mantra in marketing, people may not remember what you tell them, but they remember how you make them feel. And I think when people are speaking from the heart and when they're talking about something that really fires them up, it gets you feeling that feeling. And that's what you kind of take with you into your day. But what I was asking about is like outside of even your own podcasts, like if you're listening to podcasts, what makes a podcast like a favorite for you? Is it the personality or is it the story? I mean, I'm just so always so curious about that. I think for me, it's really the story. And yeah. some of the podcasts I listen to that are more like interview style, I mean, some of them are, are very highly produced where there's like segments and there's like clips of interviews yeah. and it's a, around, you know, sort of a stream of a story. And those I like because they're relatively short episodes, but they introduce like someone who's solved a problem. So like mm-hmm. literally Problem Solvers by Jason Pfeiffer is one of my favorites because it's focused on, you know, one entrepreneur, a particular specific problem that they had and it interspaces interviews and maybe some stock clips and other things the host helps narrate and tell this story of what the challenge was and how they overcame it. Yeah. So those are my favorite, but those take, those take a lot of time to edit together. No, I mean, they have whole teams working on those, you know? Yep. Yeah. I was thinking about This American Life when you said that, you know, pulling all these segments together. I mean, it's such an incredibly produced show. Yeah. And, you know, I think too, the story is everything, right? So it's just, when you have a really good story, you want to keep listening. You want to hear what comes next. There's one that I have discovered recently, and I don't want to say it because I don't know if your show allows cussing. Oh, (laughs) I think you can say it on TV, but it's Behind the Bastards. That show in particular, it takes awful people from history and tells deep stories about them. 
So I just got finished listening to one and it was about, I'm forgetting the man's name, but it was about this individual who tried to become a king in the Southeast Asian islands, somewhere around there. Like the, I want to say it was the, somewhere like near Borneo, right? So he's this white man who wants to become a king and they are now telling his story through Hollywood in a highly produced, polished perspective. And it's nothing of the story that they told from this behind the bastards perspective. Anyway, a great show, great stories, fun to listen to and completely off topic. (laughs) Well, that's cool. I haven't heard of that one. So I'll definitely check that one out. Yeah. No, I love those stories um, of undiscovered history or retellings of things or re-looking at something that you thought you understood because you learned about it one way. And it's like, no, actually there's like this whole other narrative and all these things that maybe you didn't know or just weren't shared at the time. So I think that's really cool. I mean, I I think there's a a lot of room for us in the podcasting world to experiment and try different things. And it sounds like that's going along the lines of what you're going to be doing. You've got a a lot of different ideas and things to try. And uh, there's uh, plenty of time. It's, uh, you know, podcasting, it, you know, as you know, it takes a while. Like I'm three years Mm -hmm. in, I still don't feel like a veteran of any kind at this point. (laughs) But um, I do feel certainly more comfortable with, with what I'm doing, but I'm still constantly learning. And constantly trying out different things as we get new technologies and and new platforms and just kind of seeing what works. Yeah, well, but you've stayed true to your mission, right? You're going beyond the first impression of the first six seconds. And I think that's what I intend to do with my show is just keep it focused on social impact and sustainability. And then I can listen to, you know, This American Life for other stories. (laughs) I can listen to Behind the Bastards and the stories that they're telling of, you know, these disreputable people from long ago. Yeah. So it's just such an interesting playing field, the whole arena of podcasting. I think it can make people feel closer to one another just by listening, which is really kind of great. It is. Yeah. Especially during these challenging times, it's a really good way to stay close. I think I tweeted the other day that I, you know, a lot of my friends now host podcasts and sometimes I listen not just to hear what the episode is and what they have to say, but because it's just comforting to hear the sound of their voices like in my earbuds. So I have a story about that. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my friends worked for years at Plantronics and they make my earbud. It's like a wireless earbud. And I have this one that's old that I don't want to get rid of because it has one of my friend's voices on it. Every time it says, talk time, six hours, you know, oh. <laughs> it's in her voice. Wow. Oh, I didn't even know that was and like a person's voice. It was in her case, yes, it was her voice. And because she was on the marketing team forever. And so she recorded it. And I don't get to hear her voice much anymore because she moved to Ireland and so I'm like, well, I just, I can't lose this thing. So I have this really crazy attachment, to this simple Plantronics earbud that I just never want to lose. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. So Karina, thanks so much for being on my podcast. How can people get in touch with you or find your podcast so that they can listen to it? Yeah, it's pretty simple. I'm at Care More Be Better on all social platforms. On Twitter and Clubhouse, you just have to leave out the final E because they have a character limit. So it's Care More Be Better. I also have caremorebebetter.com. That's my website and you can find connections to everywhere we are there. There's a button to connect with us. You can send me an email right from the website or just send me a note to hello at caremorebebetter.com. And I'd love to hear from people if there's any topics they want to hear covered or if they know someone that they think should be interviewed. I'd love to connect. I just, um, this is a community. I'm trying to build it. 
This isn't something I'm monetizing. It's just my way of giving more good to the world. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. I'll put those links in the show notes so that people can click on those easily and get in touch with you. Oh, thank you so much. As we close out, is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to know or anything that they can help or support you with? You know, I would just say find something that you're really passionate about that you'd like to give back into the world because it doesn't take much. I mean, it could be as simple as, you know, doing a food drive in your neighborhood or donating a little bit of your time to a charity that you're passionate about. You'll feel good doing it. And if nothing else, it'll help you also build new friendships. Very good words of wisdom there. Thank you so much, Karina. It was great talking to you today. Great talking to you too. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Beyond Six Seconds. Please help us spread the word about this podcast. Share it with a friend, give us a shout out on your social media, or write a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. You can find all of our episodes on our website and sign up for our free newsletter at www.beyond6seconds.com. Until next time.